Hello, and welcome to the Space Weather Facts and Forecast podcast. I'm Isaac Brigham, amateur space weather enthusiast, and I'll be giving you the current space weather conditions, a forecast for the upcoming week, and telling you all about a fascinating space weather phenomenon. Stay tuned. Space weather has been getting interesting lately, at least the solar activity. There are only three numbered active regions on the Earth-facing disk, but two of them could pose a threat for flares. AR-3141 is the larger of the two, and is capable of producing M-flares, at least. In fact, it has already spewed out four M-class flares, the largest of which was M5.2, and as much as 40 C-flares. It's been classified by NOAA as a complex beta-gamma-delta region, but I think it actually has recently decayed slightly, becoming only a beta region. Despite this, it can certainly still produce some fireworks before it's gone. And the other region of note, region 3140, has just recently seen growth. At this point, it's likely only a threat for sea flares. But if it continues to grow, larger flares should become very possible. A couple of CMEs were launched recently from AR-3141's M-flares. However, it looks currently as if they are all directed mostly away from Earth. I can't rule out the possibility of one or two minor impacts early next week, but I would not expect them to get us up to much more than a KP4, or maybe a 5 at most. Other than this, I don't foresee any activity coming our way, unless, of course, ARs 3141 or 3140 were to launch a decent CME while they still face Earth, which they should for the next three days or so. No coronal holes of note are on the Earth-facing disk so we cannot expect any high-speed stream impacts for the next week at minimum. As to the current geomagnetic conditions, we're sitting at a KP1. The solar wind speed is slightly above average, at 475 kilometers a second, but the rest of the data is fairly weak, and the BZ is steadily north, all making for very inactive conditions. I really don't foresee this changing much, except for two possibilities. Either we receive a glancing blow from one of the previously launched CMEs from AR-3141, or a new CME is produced from either this region or from 3140. In the first case, I would think if we got sideswiped, it would be probably late on Sunday or on Monday, and would probably not enhance things higher than a KP-4, with a slight chance for a 5. And in the second case, we would need to see a good flare from one of the regions first to be able to expect anything so we will have to wait and see if that happens. So to Aurora chasers this week, the chances are small, but not impossible. And if you're at lower latitudes, I really don't expect anything to materialize, but it will be worth keeping an eye on the solar activity, just in case. Thanks for listening to the forecast. Now it's time to talk about this week's featured space weather phenomena. In this podcast, I'll be talking all about solar cycles. So solar cycles are cycles the sun goes through in activity. Each cycle, which is on average 11 years long, has a peak of activity and a low in activity. So the peak is called solar maximum and is when the sun is at its most active, producing many sunspots and many solar flares. Solar minimum, on the other hand, occurs at the low end of the cycle, and it's when the sun often barely produces any spots or flares. The cyclical nature was first observed by amateur German astronomer Samuel Heinrich Schwabe in 1843. 
although sunspot observations had been going on since at least 1755. Schwabe had been recording the sunspot number daily for some time in the hopes of discovering a new planet inside the orbit of Mercury, as he believed that such a planet would be too close to the sun to directly observe it would only be visible as a spot against the sun. And while he did not discover such a planet, he did end up making one of the bigger contributions to our modern understanding of the sun. A solar cycle begins with solar minimum. Then in the first, usually five to six years, sunspot number and general activity will increase up to solar maximum, which is normally in the middle of the cycle. After this, activity will wane until solar minimum is reached, as a new cycle begins. Solar cycles are caused by the sun's magnetic field. Every 11-ish years, the magnetic field flips, so the north pole goes to the original south and the south to the north. The flip happens during solar maximum, at the peak of the cycle. As well, the magnetic field strength fluctuates throughout the cycle. So this is what causes the cycles of activity on the sun, is the cycles in magnetic field strength and direction, but the exact mechanisms of how one affects the other are largely unknown. The main way to tell when a new cycle has begun is by observing the magnetic polarity of emerging spots. Normally, the sun's northern and southern hemispheres produce their own separate polarity spots, for example, positive in the north and negative in the south. Now since the sun's magnetic field flips at the start of each solar cycle, the expected spot polarities in each hemisphere will also flip. For example, now we would expect negative in the north and positive in the south. And so to tell when a new cycle has begun, the spot polarities can be evaluated to see if they match the expected polarities for the new cycle yet or not. And the average location of sunspots also fluctuates throughout the cycle, Usually at the beginning of a cycle, spots can be found at higher, roughly like 25 or 30 degrees, latitude in each hemisphere. As the cycle progresses through solar max and towards solar min again, the latitudes of spots gradually descends, with spots at the very end of the cycle often appearing close to the equator, if any appear at all being solar min. As a new cycle begins, high latitude spots will start to emerge again. It's very rare for a spot to be found higher than roughly 35 degrees latitude. The causes of these latitude traits are really not very well understood. Solar cycles are numbered, simply starting at 1 and counting up, and we're currently in cycle 25. It's important to realize, though, that cycle 1 was not the first cycle ever. It was the first recorded cycle, starting in 1755. Even though the solar cycle was not formally discovered until later, sunspot observations had begun earlier, and some data was able to be backfilled too. We're currently actually in the upswing of cycle 25, and solar max is expected in late 2024 or 2025. The previous cycle, cycle 24, had a few interesting characteristics. First of all, it was the fourth weakest cycle since 1775 when numbering began and it was the weakest cycle in the past hundred years. Also, it had a double peak, meaning that the cycle peaked and then started to decline and then peaked again. And this was mostly due to the fact that the northern and southern hemispheres on the sun were sort of out of sync, so to speak, and peaked separately. 
So if they had peaked together, the cycle actually would have been stronger, as both hemispheres would have been producing spots at the same time. Forecasting solar cycles is extremely difficult. Scientists try to use historical data and to look for patterns in activity, but predictions can often be wrong. Our current cycle, cycle 25, is forecasted to be similar in strength to number 24, which would mean somewhat muted activity. But so far, activity is actually ramping up a lot faster than expected, which could indicate a higher peak than expected. But of course, it could also mean that cycle 25 will peak sooner than expected. We will just have to wait and see what the sun has in store for us. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and share it. This podcast will be available on the second Saturday of every month on major podcast platforms. See you next time.